This episode is sponsored by Gorgeous. Gorgeous is the number one e-commerce help desk that lets you manage and respond to messages from your site, social, email, and SMS all in one platform. They have built-in automations to handle common queries like order tracking and save your team time and money. Get a free month by clicking the link in the description and elevate your customer experience today. You're listening to the Agency X Podcast. I'm your host, John Sertakowski, founder and CEO at Avex, a New York City-based e-commerce agency for high-growth D2C brands. As always, I'm joined by our e-commerce strategist, David Anzalone. Our goal is to provide some insight into e-commerce, technology, design, and everything in between. Let us know what you think of today's episode and make sure to visit our website, avexdesigns.com. Welcome to the Agency X Podcast. As always, I am joined by David Anzalone. Uh, and today we are talking about uh, landing pages, most likely focused on e-commerce landing pages, but I'm sure we'll touch on some others such as B2B landing pages, just lead generation in general. Um, so really excited about this topic, um, especially for a lot of CPG brands. Uh, landing pages are super important to them when it comes to um, converting uh, into subscriptions and, and, and grabbing those one-time customers. Um, so yeah, today, uh, all about landing pages and how you can best optimize uh, your site for conversions. For sure. And uh, lately, that's been when I'm bored and scrolling through Instagram, uh, almost more so in the actual posts, I take a lot of enjoyment from the ads that I see and the pages they take me to when I click on it. And I marvel at some that are clever. If or if I see it just takes me to the homepage or product page, I'm like, well, they could have probably done something different from that. And it's it's great because while our agency doesn't do paid acquisition directly, uh, we do have a huge hand on the website by creating the experience that the user sees when they click on an ad and uh, talking about you know what a landing page is. And so the core definition of a landing page is just simply the page that a user lands on when they click a link to go to another website or even the same website. But the landing pages that we're talking about here are specially designed pages that uh, are meant to convert offsite traffic, uh, mostly from ads. They You do see them on search uh, and even social in a lot of cases, but for the most part, it's to maximize customer acquisition cost by designing it for a very specific purpose in, in mind. And John, uh, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the number one uh, reason for a landing page, especially when it comes to ad traffic. Uh, it's good for for organic search, search, search uh, organic search results as well, and driving traffic that way. Um, uh, I think for any business, you know, we've we have landing pages that we optimize for certain service offerings, uh, for certain search terms that are really focused there. Uh, so I think. You know, when you have a page that is extremely focused on selling one thing, and it's like your own that the, the sole purpose of that is to sign someone up for a subscription or sign, fill out a form, it's so much easier to grab that traffic because they're not um, they're not distracted by any other things on your website or browsing the website. Uh, and I think uh, you know, of course, a landing pages all landing pages need to have some key things that make them great landing pages. And I think we could probably go back and forth on some ideas. Um, but for me, uh, one of the number one things a great landing page is going to have is going to be a direct and well-written headline. 
right? Something that is really engaging, something that has, you know, the, of course, all the copywriting on the page needs to be good, um, but you need to hit them with a strong headline, something that ex- that explains what the what the product is and um, has that too good to be true offer. So when they come to the site, they know exactly what they would be buying and they know exactly what that offer is. Like, why am I buying this? Why am I on this page? So really good copywriting, really great headline. Um, that's one of the number one, number one things um, I think make a really good landing page. Yeah. It's the first thing you see, um, you know, from the content side, the essentially the, the engaging aspect, whether it be, um, something that's vaguer, like, uh, oh, like the best, the best thing you'll ever try or, um, you know, try the thing that uh, 5,000 other people or, you know, 100,000 other customers have left five-star reviews about. Something that indicates yeah. that the item is well-liked. I think something that both of us uh, really believe on is UGC. And UGC has a huge place on landing pages because uh, it adds weight to any claims that you make uh, because it's one thing to say if you're selling a dessert product is you know try the most delicious dessert you've ever had it's a much stronger argument or a much stronger bit of copy when you can say uh, try the dessert that uh, 50,000 people have left five star reviews about or try the product that the New York Times has said is the best tasting cupcake uh, of the year I don't know <laughs> you know it's yeah, no, no, that that makes sense. Social proof is definitely next on the list. Um, you need to be able to show people not just lifestyle photos that are faked. You need to show people who are similar to the, your customers that they like it too. That it it's a great looking product. It's a whether it's a, if it's a or the product works, it fulfills a need, or it brings you. You know that that's a thing about sales, and that's something that a lot of people need to really focus on too when they're selling a product or a service is that your service or your product needs to take your customer either closer to pleasure or further from pain. So that product or service, let's just say it's a food product. Well, it could be a dessert product that's going to take you closer, closer, closer to pleasure. So you want to show photos of people who are enjoying that product. If it's something that takes you further away from pain, maybe that it could even be a food product. It could be a diet product. It could be a product that's going to help you lose weight or, or, or get control of your nutrition. Um, or if it's a service or something, it needs to solve a problem for you, AKA take you further away from pain. Um, or it needs to fulfill some sort of need or some sort of want. And that's going to take you AKA closer to pleasure. So I think social proof does just that, right? It shows proof of this product working and solving a problem or um, fulfilling some sort of need. Uh, So yeah, I think social proof, UGC, huge, important. Um, One of our our partners, Yapo, they have a a really great um, UGC product for showing social proof when it comes to reviews and when it comes to social media. Um, so definitely check that out. Um, we use it for a lot of our clients. Um, and yeah, that there's, there's a numerous other products and ways to be able to, uh, show that social proof and those that UGC. Yeah. And there's another aspect of, uh, which is content and scrolling, because like we've talked about before on the podcast is that in most cases, users don't scroll that far below the fold because in 
you know, many cases, the users that are coming, they know what they're looking for, or they're trying to find something very specific. They, you know, they have a little bit more background or context behind the brand and its products. And so they go to where they need to. Landing pages, custom made ones are a little different in that users are more prompted to scroll and they'll do they'll do one of two things or one of three things i should say they'll either they'll either leave immediately and bounce from the the site because uh you know they may not just find it relevant or they might have clicked on it by mistake there's a few reasons they or they might scroll and learn more about the uh the product and the brand itself and that's why it's really important to have a lot of content sections, you almost want to feel like it's a well-optimized homepage because it's got to really communicate the best, the best and brightest aspects of your business. Almost like if you're going to a convention, uh, you know, you know, back back in the the days when people could have conventions and and shows, it's a it's a showcase of your entire brand and your and your you are selling. You are trying to sell your your product to convince people to buy. And because of that, there's some UX considerations there. So one is controlling the customer journey of what they're doing. And what a lot of brands do that I actually agree with is making it making it so that the user on those pages can't access the you know other areas on your site. Uh, you know, a lot of these pages are built yeah. to control that customer journey. They're not trying to prompt browsing by having a navigation. There's usually no navigation. There might be a logo, but it's not hyperlinked to anything. And some brands are do see issue with that because they're like, well, what if they want to explore the site or look at other things? And that's not really the point of the landing page. Landing pages should be very specific. You should be promoting you should be promoting the products that are there um, because that's what's going yeah. to convert people the most. And if you're finding that they're not converting and they're, let's say if you did have heat maps installed and they are clicking elsewhere, trying to go to it, maybe that's an issue on the, on the targeting side for who you're running those ads to, or maybe the creative and copy of the ads aren't consistent or coherent with the um, landing page. But I'm very much a proponent of keeping people on there. I think it's, it, 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 ga it gathers their attention rather than letting them drift off. It's supposed to tell a yeah. coherent story. This yeah, and I uh, I agree with that. I agree with the with the results of it. I agree with you know not linking the navigation, having no navigation links, having no logo links. You want to keep them on the site. I agree with that. However, I hate it <laughs> <laughs> when I go to a website and I clicked on it from like a social media ad or search, and I come to this site. It's like, I own like, yeah, it's great for conversions, but personally as a user, I almost always want to look at, look at more information about it. And then I go in the navigation and I have to delete the whole entire thing to go to the homepage. And then I start browsing around a bit. That's just me personally. I'm sure it works great from a conversion perspective, but personally, I hate when they disable the logo and navigation. Um, although I'm guilty of doing it. I've done it on landing pages for Avix. So you know, I don't practice what I preach, but I, uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of it just from a personal perspective. You hate newsletter pop-ups. Do I hate newsletter pop-ups? I never filled them out. Even if there's an offer on it, I, I'm just lazy. It's more laziness than anything. Because it's, it, it's the same principle, right? People say newsletter pop-ups are annoying. Why does anybody have them? Why does any brand use them? But 
they work. Um, the reason why people keep using them is because they work. And that's very true for, um, you know, removing the ability to access other pages on a on a landing pages. People do them because they they work. And I wouldn't consider it a underhanded practice. And there's a big difference, right, between um, misleading people on your page and making, let's say you make, you make uh, you say, oh, get this free thing. And I've seen this tactic done before for a couple of brands, and I don't, which I don't necessarily agree with is um, they'll say, hey, you know, get this thing completely free. And of course, most people will know that there's the string attached to paying shipping and handling, but there are some cases where nowhere in the copy on the site, um, I won't call it any brands uh, that have done this, though I have been a victim of that. Though I did enjoy the product they ended up getting and the shipping and handling wasn't that much. I just disliked the practice is they didn't even communicate it on the front end that I would have to pay shipping and handling. So um, I would say that's an example of a tactic that might work, mm -hmm. but is a little underhanded. But I don't see the other things being that way. But on the note of the newsletter, to tie that back, um, something that I would recommend is while newsletters, pop-ups do work. For the sake of uh, paid traffic, and I would say regardless of where you're sending them, even if they're going to just normal e-com pages, depending on what you're using for newsletter pop-ups, definitely have a targeting rule in there that excludes that pop-up from appearing Um you know, mm -hmm. yeah. from appearing Good there. Point. The because the big difference is that people that are, and you have to think about the uh, ad customer, right? The someone who's being acquired through paid media, they're not as lenient or as patient or as loving of the brand that they're landing on. They're a little bit detached from it, and a newsletter pop-up is going to piss them off more. If you go on a website like Athletic Greens, which I know that you're a huge fan of, John, and you see a newsletter pop up when you go onto the site, you're yeah. not going to leave it because you're, you know, you just see it as a minor thing that you just close out. Yes. But if you go to a website from an ad you clicked on and you don't know anything about the brand, you're not going to be as forgiving. So I would say definitely whatever solution you're using, whether it be Privy, Clavio, Just Do Know, make sure that uh, you have targeting rules that exclude those pop-ups from appearing. Yeah, that's a great point. And that's going to just improve the user experience and get people right to um, the sale. And that I think we left out the number one thing that should, should have probably been top at the list. So just this is none of this is in any priority order, but I think one thing we missed a clear call to action. Your CTA needs to be very clear and very present um, so that when you do land on the site, yeah, you have your offer. Yeah. You see UGC. Yeah. You see great imagery. Yeah. There was no pop-up and there's no links and stuff, but you need that clear call to action. It needs to, be a call to action for buy now or sign up or whatever it is or subscribe. And it has to be clear. It has to clearly show the price and it just needs to be, you know, something that is very clickable. You know, you want people to look at it and say, yes, I want to click that and buy it, make it very easy for them. I know that sounds like uh, a no brainer, but it's definitely something that is, um, you know, needs to be on the top of your list. Um, having that clear call to action. That's for any type of landing pages, not just e-commerce, uh, any type of lead generation pages, but especially in e-commerce. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love uh, sticky call to action buttons, especially on landing pages, because for mobile users who are naturally going to be more inclined to scroll down the page to just learn about it because there's 
less screen space and the act of scrolling is of course much easier. Uh, I've seen a number of brands, including um, Dopey, which is edible cookie dough that I have never tried, but um, according to Email Morgan, it's very good. But on their call to action, uh, call to actions for their landing pages, as you're scrolling down on mobile, the add to cart button um, or buy now button is sticky at the bottom of the page, right? which I think is smart. Um, it allows the user to, you know, once they're convinced that they're ready to purchase and convert, it allows them to do so at any point of that scrolling journey rather than forcing them to scroll back up and engage. I think that the call to action button should be the first and foremost thing you see. I don't believe that you should have to scroll to get that firsthand. But if the user does scroll, which they should be expected to, it's just a little uh, quality of life improvement that I think can have a big impact and is actually uh, proven in a lot of studies to increase sales overall versus when the button was static. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, I love the idea of the sticky call to action. I like that on in general, not even just on a landing page. I like that on like most pages. <laughs> um, another thing is uh, scarcity. Scarcity is, is good across the board when it comes to trying to make a sale on any site and especially with ads but on a landing page i think scarcity um is really important um limited time offer you know countdown clocks um only a set amount available it's going to be like well if i don't buy this now i might not be able to get this deal or get this product and you know you want especially for like things that are impulse buys things that are not $500, but things that are 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, whatever, in, in affordable price range. Um, something that's going to be an impulse buy, adding that level of scarcity to it is going to help increase the conversion of that. Um, so if you have a really great deal, you have a great headline with UGC, it meets the client's needs, it brings them closer to pleasure, further from, from pain, solves their problems or fulfills a need. Um, and you have that level of scarcity, meaning that like, hey, look, all of this is going to go away if you don't buy this right now. Um, you know, you, you increase your chances of, um, uh, of making that conversion. So highlighting that limited time offer uh, or low inventory, uh, I think has proven to show uh, some really good results. Um, you know, the, the whole act now thing. So I, I think that's one of the one of the last things, I'm sure that there's some other things, but those are the ones that are at least top of my list and uh, scarcity would absolutely be one of sure. them. Sure, and I think scarcity also works great for subscription models, especially when uh, your whole thing is, hey, like get, uh, you know, you have two days to get this offer where uh, you could subscribe and get the first three months for, uh, you know, 15% off, uh, which is a great way to incentivize people to get onto the subscription because in their mind they're saying, oh, okay, like, you know, um, a one brand that does this really well, they have a, they do a few things with this, but ButcherBox, um, uh, if you don't know what ButcherBox is, this isn't a sponsor. This is just me explaining it, but uh, it's just, I love ButcherBox. Okay, so you know what it is, but it's a, uh, it's a big fan. I actually just had a, sorry, I don't know. I actually had to cancel my subscription recently because I just had too much meat. <laughs> Um, I wasn't going through it fast enough. And then a new, my, my, I had to give away like, like a whole shitload of chicken, um, to my neighbor because I just had so much meat in my refrigerator, but it's amazing. We're not sponsored by them. I wish we were. Um, but I love butcher box continue. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So one great thing with them 
uh, which it hasn't personally motivated me, but I can see it motivating a lot of people is that concept of, yeah, like if you'll get, like if you sign up um, in the next like 10, 10 days, you'll get a, you'll get like a free pound or pound of bacon or steak or whatever meat they're pushing in each month for the rest of your subscription. So that's a great scarcity tactic. And it's a scarcity tactic that isn't based around discounting, which a lot of brands stick away from, which is, you know, which is a good thing. There's reasons for that. But it's basically saying, yeah, if you sign up now, you'll get this free extra add-on to your subscription for as long as you're subscribed to us. And that's great because it motivates people to, you know, seize that opportunity and to just try it because they're like, well, even if I don't like it, I still get the free stuff versus if I signed up later and I don't get that free thing. But it's also a great way of keeping people subscribed because, you know, they don't want to stop their subscription because then they lose that free extra pound of meat for life. Though, according to you, they maybe give you too much meat. I've, I guess it's a lot of meat. I guess it's a personal uh, preference. Is the uh, As a very quick aside, is the meat like high quality? Would you recommend it? It's amazing. Okay. It's amazing. It's great. I, I, I can't believe we should be getting paid for this. <laughs> We're going to send this to to um butcher box because it, i mean it's it's yeah on aside from that it's it's um it's always i've done like food deliveries before and there's been a few that like they package it up and like they use like the wrong they use like these gel packs they package it up great it's always frozen i've never gotten it where it was bad um the meat itself is grass-fed um organic small farm meat like some people don't like grass-fed beef um, so it is kind of something you have to get used to. Um, it's a little different from what you're buying in the supermarket, but like, yeah, the grass fed beef is amazing. The chicken is really good. Um, the bacon that they always get me on that upsell. That is an upsell that I'll always fall for, especially with the scallops. Um, that's great too. Um, and they have bison sometimes that's another upsell. Actually, they get me on all the upsells, every single one of their upsells. Um, I'm signing up for. So they they do a good job. Yeah, so they they work. And, the and it's good. a great strategy that if you have a subscription business, definitely want to utilize. And again, it's great because you're giving extra value and you're motivating that conversion, but you're doing so in a way that isn't discounting, which um, there's a time and place for it. I'm personally in the camp of try to give things for free or give things for extra rather than discounting because once you discount, people expect it as a standard. But all great tactics there overall. Um, and the last thing I think I'd want to bring for my end is the optimization of landing pages. And um, I think compared to normal e-com pages, and you absolutely should A-B test um, the elements and content on your core e-com pages. But the great thing about landing pages is that it controls for the most variables. Because when you have your homepage, you have traffic that's coming everywhere for a variety of things. And there's so many different th there's so many different factors that influence how much more traffic you get on that day or why people are coming. And um, it's just a high traffic area overall. Landing pages are very yeah. specific. They're only they're only for paid media, and you really know the sort where the sources of traffic are coming from. You can see the direct cause and effect, and so that's great from a conversion rate optimization standpoint because you can tweak the different elements of it and actually see 
you know, uh, moving elements up here, adding a section, removing a section, changing button colors, uh, testing copy. Uh, you can make changes and you can have a little bit more confidence that the changes you're making are the elements that are making an impact versus doing it on the regular e-comp page. And again, not to say you should not test that. It's just where testing is the most no-brainer. And if you do have a custom landing page, there's literally no reason you shouldn't be testing it um you know uh that's because again that's the whole what the whole purpose of the page is for it's to maximize converting converting paid unaware cold traffic and optimizing that um however you can is really the best way to maximize your cac as as john doesn't like to say it no i hate i hate the word cac um uh, okay i think we have a really good list here so um actionable things you could start doing now once again just to kind of overview and wrap up um reduce or remove all of those navigation and logo links clear call to action um straightforward copywriting headline with the value prop scarcity show them that limited offer limited time offer social proof ugc reviews all that good stuff um no email sign up pop up as david said um and any final ones you wanted to add to that david i think that was the whole list i think the only thing i'll uh, the only last thing i will add is uh when thinking about building the landing pages you have a few options uh one is the custom dev route where uh depending on the platform you're using uh you can have a development team uh such as AVEX, build custom landing pages based upon whatever your needs are and what you're trying to promote, or, or using a page builder like Shogun, which is great because you can build the pages yourself. You can create a limited amount of templates. It's always very fast. Uh, they have A-B testing built in. Um, I would say Shogun, especially if you're on Shopify, uh, it's a no-brainer as the platform to use to build out those landing pages because you can you pretty much have almost no limits to to what you can do there. You may just need some uh, dev and design assistance to style it more towards your brand, but actually building out the sections is super easy. And I definitely recommend it for any brand who's who does who hasn't gotten into making landing pages yet. Awesome. Yeah, great advice. Great products there. Uh, so yeah, you have a bunch of options. Um, if you have any other questions about landing pages or looking to optimize your landing pages, feel free to shoot us an email visit our website, avixdesigns.com. Let us know if you have any questions. Happy to brainstorm some ideas and see if we could help. Um, otherwise, I think that's all we have for today. I'm looking forward to uh, the next podcast and discussing our next topic. Um, yeah, and stay, stay tuned for more uh, e-commerce stuff. Yeah, thanks for tuning in.